Today's episode is brought to you by DNA Sports Training. If you or someone you know wants to take their game to the next level, then hit up DNA Sports Training. Visit dnasportsdenver.com right now to book a training session. We offer specialized sports training from football to track and field and everything else in between. Whether you're an offensive or defensive lineman wanting to get off the ball quicker or you're an athlete wanting to improve your overall speed and agility, we have something for you over at DNA. Visit dnasportsdenver.com right now and sign up. Hey, brother, how's it going? Man, just, you know, taking it. One take, two take, three take, Jake, who knows? <laughs> Having a good day, bro. How you doing? I'm good. For everybody that don't know, I'm Coach Dom. This is... Coach Al, what's up? And we are DNA Sports Training. Like he said, visit dnasportstrainingdenver.com right now. Get some merch. Book a, book a session. Check out a podcast. Do what you got to do. Yeah, man. Hey, we got some uh, some beanies and hoodies up there. It's uh, starting to get into beanie and hoodie season, so make sure you go out there and copy one of those. DNASportsDenver.com. We also have the uh, DNA Sports Denver mailbag. If you want to be take part of the podcast, you know, take part of the show, you have something to offer. Maybe we're not seeing, not covering, we're missing. Uh, maybe you got somebody we you think we should talk to. Uh, visit DNASportsDenver.com forward slash ask. DNA and uh, let's get let's get them questions going. Make sure you put your name on it. We'll we'll uh, add you to it. Um, again, follow us on all of our socials: uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Um, more to come, more to come, more to come. Coach, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. I'm excited. Today's Saturday. You know, another game beautiful day, day out there. It's game day again. About to go get um, it. You know, get this action going. My adrenaline's already pumping early in the morning, so you know how it goes. Man, a lot of good, uh, a lot of good football going on. You got baseball playoffs going on right now. Yeah, there's a lot to uh, talk about. NBA, NHL, they're getting their season going. Nugs just picked up a dub yesterday. Shout out to the Nugs. Uh, unfortunately, I was dropped one to the Kraken, but it is what it is. Uh, Broncos are, are horrible, so you know you're seeing a lot of folks around town kind of walking around moopy face. But hey, it's okay. It's a beautiful day, and it's uh, it's that time of year, man. Yeah, hey, and I'm excited about this episode, man. We got some fun, exciting, and not so fun, exciting news to talk about. So, you know. Without further ado, yeah, let's go ahead and dive into this. The first exciting Splash. thing is is obviously hitting the NFL world by storm, and and everybody's talking about it. Christian McCaffrey, man, traded to the Niners. How do you feel about it? Um, I was so I was watching the game Thursday night, and Al Michaels. I thought Al Michaels was just like being old and senile or something. He's like, yeah, yeah Adam Schefter says McCaffrey's going to the Niners, and I get on, and ESPN didn't have nothing yet. Uh, NFL.com didn't have nothing yet And then sure as shit dude Like that's a big deal man The Niners just got way better than they were Their offense became more formidable Yeah man And you know I, I understand it's probably Rebuilding time for, for the Panthers A little yeah. bit But man Like I, I what was, a steal I was shocked bro And and what did they get it for I think they got it for second, third, and fourth this year And a fifth next year Like that's that's not bad at all, man. You know, coming from you're getting someone that was the eighth overall pick back in seventeen. You know, he's had a couple of down seasons with injuries, but he was looking to he's looking like he's bouncing back this year. I mean, he's already got six hundred seventy yards from scrimmage. Well, and depending where the depending on where the Panthers finish out, you know, that third round pick could be an early third round. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. they can they can have some very decent picks. It could for shape sure. out kind of like it is for. For uh, the Saints and the Eagles, you know, yeah. the Eagles own the Saints' number one pick, and if the Saints keep sliding, yeah, yeah, they can they can be drafting pretty high. Yeah. Well, and it's like uh, even if they don't, even if they don't land in the spot they want to land at, they still can use them picks to get 
higher picks. They can use exactly. package them picks together with the first round pick to get to the top of the draft board. Um, if they identify a quarterback they want to go out and get, or if there's a specific player that they want to go out and get, they have that ability to go ahead and do so now with some of the draft capital that they have. So definitely a good deal for for the Panthers. Uh, a lot of change. I mean, they fired Matt Rule. Um, Robbie Anderson imploded on the sideline and was yelling at coaches. And finally, uh, Steve Wilkes was like, get the hell out of here. You're done. And then they traded him to the Cardinals, which was, you know, I, I don't know that they're done trading. Yeah, I don't think so either. And what do you think this does to the Baker Mayfield situation? Like, do you think it's truly a quarterback competition? If they're in rebuilding stages, do they keep two guys like Baker Mayfield and Darnold around? Or do they bring in somebody and start fresh? How much time is left on Baker's contract, do you know? I don't. I know Darnold is like, they only signed him like two years or something like that. Yeah. Or he had two years left. So I think he's done at the end of this year. I, I wouldn't try to win again if I was the Panthers. Yeah. I, you know, hey, I'll go full rebuild, rebuild mode if Baker's, I mean, I don't think Baker's going to win you games, unfortunately. I, he's kind of showed that he he isn't going to with the games that he's played this year. Um, so I would go full rebuild, rebuild mode. And um, if you play Baker, you play him. And, you know, if not, play P.J. Walker, you know. And uh, I definitely would go full rebuild, rebuild with it. I wouldn't, like, tank and I wouldn't, like, completely, like, try to lose games on purpose. But I would also be shopping other assets I have to see what else I can get, see what other kind of draft capital I can get. Because, you know, you never know. You might uh, – you said the Eagles, they had a couple of first-rounders uh, last year, you know. Um, there's a few teams that have done that. Miami did it a few years ago where they shopped Laramie Tunsil. They shopped uh, the wide receiver uh, – was it Kenny Stills? They, they just got rid of a lot of people, you know what I mean? And just it was mass exited. Uh, exodus and but they ended up with like two or three first round picks now what they did with them is subject to to you know we still we're still waiting to see the returns on that but um i think it it it's it would be smart for carolina to go ahead and say you know what we're we we're, we're rebuilding we're going complete everything down to the studs like let's build back up yeah so like in the in the eagle situation right they traded away their 16th 19th and 194th pick last year to the state saints in exchange for for a few picks as well including the 2023 first round pick oh wow so if the saints happen to continue to slide down and finish low and the Eagles end up with the number one draft pick overall after having a great season like they are building a great program. That'd be wild. Could be great for them. The yeah. same situation could be here kind of in a sense, right? Yeah. They trade away Christian McCaffrey to an already contending Super Bowl contention team probably. Yep. Now definitely a Super Bowl contender. Yep. You know, if they happen to go to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl, that makes that 2023 second round pick the first pick in the second round. Oh wow! For for the Panthers, you know what I mean? Like it could they could be within the top five picks in the second round. So as much as this looks like a great steal for the Niners, which it is in my opinion, it's not that bad of a deal depending on where the Niners may finish out at the end of the season. So according to Tankathon.com, right now Carolina would be the number one pick in the NFL draft next year. So that puts them in great position for some of these quarterbacks that got they got coming out this year, which is a better class than last year. Um, you know, it's it's not it's not a bad idea, man. Like, well, you think about it. If that puts them at the number one in the first, right? Yeah. And then let's say the top ten picks in the second round, and then the last pick in the second round, and the first pick in the third. Like so. That well, and again, like say you package together your second and third rounds to move back up into the first round. Say you identify somebody in the first round that's still there that you weren't expecting to be there, right? Yeah, like there's there's plenty, plenty, plenty of opportunity to move up. Um, that coming from San Francisco, that's going to be a late pick more more than likely. So you'll have a you'll have the number one pick in the first round, and then possibly trade up to to get getting that back end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Initially, I hated this trade for the Panthers because obviously Christian McCaffrey, in my opinion, is a top end running back in the league still. Yeah. I know he's battled with injuries, but you got to think about when you're in a team that becomes one dimensional. Defenses get a stack the box. It makes it very easy to take that element out of the game. And the wear and tear that they were putting on Christian McCaffrey was just going to run him into the ground career-wise. Yeah. 
And now this could be the spark that he needs to rejuvenate his career. You know, and I hated it for the Panthers because I thought, well, you're trading away your best guy. You should be building around him instead of getting getting away from him. But after I see all these picks that they could potentially have and seeing that they're in their rebuilding stage, this might be a win-win situation for both parties and, and, and all well, after I mean, it's all said and done. And if you think about it, man, uh, running back in this league is, is such a um – it's one of them positions that it's a not for long position. Yeah. And th- could they really build around Christian McCaffrey without uh, worries of him breaking down in the next year or two? Right. So yeah. I can understand their apprehension with building around him. Um, you know, Niners are hoping he can recapture some of that 2019 magic where he was just the third player to go for a thousand and a thousand, you know, and I yeah. think he ran, he think he had like 2,300 yards from scrimmage that year. Um, like I said, so far this year, you got 670 yards from scrimmage. He's got 393 rushing, 277 yards receiving. Um, he gets to hook up with another hometown legend, you know, and, and, uh, and uh, baby Shanahan, you know, yep. he's, you know, from Cherry Creek, and then McCaffrey, obviously from Castle Rock, went uh, went out to Valor. So, um, Colorado boys getting it done. I'm super excited to see what they do. You mixing McCaffrey with Debo Samuel, with Ayuk. Uh, let me ask you a question: George Kittle. George Kittle has this offense. Elijah Mitchell, when he comes back, yeah. has this offense become Garoppolo proof? Well, I'm not. I'm not truly a Garoppolo hater. Me first neither. And foremost, I'll say that. But I believe so this is the great thing about this, right? The 49ers did not necessarily need Christian McCaffrey and they don't need Christian McCaffrey to come in and be their guy, right? The the main focus point of their offense. They just need him to come in and contribute. Yeah. He doesn't have to carry the brunt of the weight of the team on his shoulders like he was doing in Carolina. So now he gets to relax. And you said it, Kyle Shanahan, one of the best offensive minds in the game. You know what I mean? He learned from his dad. Like, I'm excited to see when are they going to put Debo and McCaffrey in the backfield together? When are, What are they going to do? All the different intricacies of their playbook, how it's going to grow. Man, the 49ers are a threat. And you better worry about them because Jimmy Garoppolo now has options. Hitting McCaffrey out of the backfield, he's going to give him that safety, you know, that security blanket kind of in a sense when they're bringing that blitz, he's going to be able to drop it down to McCaffrey and he's going to take it for 40 yards. Let me give you a little, uh, just a little glimpse into the future. The Niners line up on the ball okay, from left to right. You got Ayuk. Mm-hmm. And then you got Kittle on the line. I'm closing my eyes to visualize. And on the other side, you got McCaffrey in the slot. Debo <laughs> Samuel out wide. And then you've got either Jeff Wilson or Elijah Mitchell in the backfield. Jeez. Like the amount of uh, the amount of speed right there. Well, and what do you do as a defense? Who do you cover? Like Because McCaffrey has proven he can be a formidable slot receiver. Yeah. Right? Now you motion him back into the backfield. Or you said it. You've got McCaffrey in the backfield, and you motion Debo Samuel into there. They already they already get creative with the offense that they run and how to get Debo the ball. What are you going to start doing when you got double and triple option with McCaffrey and Debo? And you you kind of touched on it a little bit too. This move allows McCaffrey's career probably to extend a little bit too mm-hmm. because they're not going to need to use him as much, right? They can use him in situations where they see the best fit or maybe a, a tactical advantage, right? So they don't have to use him like Carolina was using him where they depend on him to be on the field 80% of the snaps, right? He can take a step back, be on the field 60% of the snaps, and still be felt. Yeah. And you know what? This is a smart move because not only is this great for Christian McCaffrey's career, great for Jimmy Garoppolo's career, but this is also great for a guy like George Kittle, yeah. who right now they have to use a lot in the run game, in yeah. blocking, right? They need him in protection for the run game and, and, and being able to be that extra lineman on the field and blocking. Well, now they can open it up a little bit more because they have, again, the security blanket to where there's that pressure. I'll just dump it to McCaffrey. Yeah. So now, George, you can go run your route. Yeah. Now you can be that force. You know what I mean? So I'm excited, man. I can't wait to watch him tomorrow. Um, and when I said McCaffrey, or, uh, Garoppolo proof the offense, I, did, I didn't mean that to take a slide at Garoppolo. I think, I think you know, Jimmy G's known to, like, throw a pick yeah. here and there when he's yeah, trying yeah. to do too much. And I think the more you give him around, the only thing I, I, I worry about is him thinking he has to get the ball spread evenly. 
you know, yeah. across the board with these guys and get everyone the ball. It's kind of like basketball. Sometimes we have all these shooters and you're not sure who's going to take the shot, right? I think now if he can just sit there and just deliver, who, who's hot right now? We're going there, right? Mm-hmm. And it might change throughout the game. Um, I think it gives him a chance to have – I don't know, man. I, I think Trey Lance needs to worry. Because I think Garoppolo can can it, win his job back. I mean, if if he Absolutely. goes out there and leads the Niners to a Super Bowl, Absolutely. dude, are they gonna really let him walk away? No, no, they'd that'd be, be stupid. They'd be foolish to do that. Um, you said something that sparked something in my head, and I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, another thing that's great, I think that is McCaffrey. A lot of the times when you see these powerful rosters, right, you see good players coming to teams that already have great players on it. Yeah. And you worry about how will they mesh? Will the egos start to get in the way of the performance on the field? When you think about it, do the Niners really have that big of an ego? Who's that ego? Maybe Debo Samuel? Debo probably. And, Maybe, and Brandon Ayuk. But, but I still think those guys are are guys who put the team above themselves at times. You know, I know Debo's had his But Debo got paid this year too, so you know that he's been a lot quieter in terms of that kind of stuff. Yeah. He got paid this year. I don't think he's worried too much about that. Exactly. And now and it's Christian, the rink. And and Christian McCaffrey isn't the guy who's gonna come in and cause drama. He's not that type no, of he's player. He's a humble kid. He's a humble, humble yeah. football player. So he's gonna come in and do exactly what they need him to do. I think this was a genius move by Kyle Shanahan. And I think it will show out when we're in the playoffs. It's playoff time. I think the Niners are a team that you're really not going to want to play. Yeah. And I think it's, I don't th- I'm not going to say it's going to go slow for McCaffrey to start out, you know, we hit, because he's a smart kid too. Stanford kid, um, been in the league a while, seen some offenses. I don't think he's going to have a hard time adjusting to that West coast offense. Um, but it's built for I him. can see it being gradual where, Come end of November, December, that's going to be a scary, scary team. Watch out for the NFC West getting ran away with by the Niners, man. I'm not. I'm dead serious. I'm willing to put myself out on a limb and say that Christian McCaffrey is probably top two running backs scoring in fantasy first week he plays. Well, I think he's projected like only for like ten this week. I think they're going to play him this week. I'm telling you, I think it's so. going to work, bro. I'm, uh, Oh, that's no good. Zach has him in our league. Hey, it, Zach's about to do good because I think I honestly think, bro. Sometimes when you're just missing a piece to the puzzle and you kind of find it, and you're like, boom, the rest of the yeah. puzzle just comes together. Like it really does naturally. Once you find that piece that you've been stressing over, it comes together. And I really think that this is that kind of fit. That's I how mean, I, feel. I can't argue with you, man. I can't argue with that. Um, hey, coach. Last week, we kind of touched on, we had a mailbag from our boy Sully asking about the college transfer portal for football, and uh, we kind of rushed through it because we're getting through the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, I definitely wanted to come back and talk talk about it a little bit more just so we can kind of rehash on it. I know we pointed out some examples of the college football transfer portal where it's where it's been great, you know, for our boy Brandon Bennett. He's, you know, thriving out there at Adam, uh, Adam State right now. Mm-hmm. Um Let's just go back over that, man. And for those that don't know, college football has uh, a transfer portal rule where you can transfer. It used to be if you transferred from one school to another, you had to sit out a whole year. And now um, you're eligible for one of those without any penalty. Yeah. Um, the rules were recently modified in August um, to create uh, transfer portal windows for college football. So 45 days beginning the day following the championship selection and then a 15 day period um, in the first two weeks of May at the end of spring practice, uh, May 1st to the 15th. Uh, The two windows last a total of 60 days. um, And then reasonable accommodations are always made for like FBS and FCS players that are in championship games or going through that, that stretch with the season with the, with their team. So I just wanted to kind of rehash on that, you know, kind of get our positions on that again and uh, just some of our thoughts on that. Yeah, man. You know, I think, again, I think it's great. We just talked about Christian McCaffrey and how the trade for him can rejuvenate his career, right? I think there there's a lot to be said about a college athlete's career as well in the same, in the same respect. I think there's a lot of kids that, you know, are gung-ho about going to certain schools because of their visits and they end up at the school and over time – 
It just isn't the right fit. The transfer portal allows them to have options and be able to find the right fit so that way they can hopefully blossom their football careers or athletic careers, whatever the case, to the to the next level, you know. And so I think it's it's great to see kids have options. You know, I know a lot of fans are worried about maybe this allowing teams to kind of front load their roster a little bit and become with powerhouses and, and things of that nature. But it's the game of football. Yeah. Recruiting goes on at all levels from youth football all the way up to the pros. Like there's no getting around it. It's another element of the game and we just got to prepare better to, to not let those powerhouse teams just run away with it. Beat them in recruiting. Don't only beat them on the field, beat them in recruiting as well. You know, um, but we have to allow players the options to find good fits for themselves. But I will say players don't take advantage of something like this because there are rules in place where it would obviously be noticed and you will face a penalty. Yeah. And in, in the NCAA, I think, had their mind in the right spot when they allow for the transfer portal because, you know, their release was like, you know, like the peers in general, student population, you know, college athletes choose to transfer all the time. You know, it could be any number of reasons. Maybe a kid's not doing well being away so far away from home and there's a program close to home that they can transfer to or you know maybe like you said you know they were brought in under under certain promises coaching staff changes or something changes the dynamic changes maybe they get hurt and they're not they're not getting their promise lived up to right and their potential this is the thing i don't think regular people understand like dated nine to five people like us sometimes we don't understand the fact that as an athlete, as a college athlete, you've got a finite amount of time that you can cash in on your abilities, right? There's only, we tell our kids this all the time, you only play football for so long. You can never get back out there and replicate what you do on the football field, you know, and these kids are trying to take their talents as far as they can take it and go as far as they can with the game. This gives them an opportunity not to have their talents wasted on the bench or wasted on on the bottom of the depth chart if they can get an opportunity to play somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that these guys have that opportunity. Now, I like the fact that they built in kind of these these rules to kind of keep people from abusing it. Right. Because you can transfer once. But if you transfer a second time, enter the portal a second time, you have to sit out a whole year. It's like the old school rule. Unless there's some kind of uh, there's exceptions to like if a program gets canceled or, uh, yeah. you know, dismembered or whatever, then they they don't have to sit out. But, um, you know, I think giving these kids an opportunity to get out there and shine. I keep thinking of Brandon. I know he's not the only one. Obviously, there's tons of kids that, uh, you know, make the move and thrive. But I keep thinking about Brandon and just what he's doing out there. It's so much happier and, and, and just success yeah. that he's seeing. Yeah. And I've talked to other kids of ours that, you know, are going to enter the portal or thinking about entering the portal. And, you know, they're not – maybe they're not finding what they want to find in their current situation. We've got a lot of kids that are out playing ball right now. Um, and, and I respect it. I understand it because, you know what, ultimately your mental health is just as important as your physical health. And if you don't feel like you're breaking through both physically and mentally, it sometimes a, a change of scenery is always beneficial to just being. Yeah. And then you got to think about it like this, too. Right. Some of these powerhouse teams recruit four five star high school athletes. Yeah. Right. But then they also get in high end college athletes that transfer in from yeah. the portal and then their depth chart starts to look a little full. And then that now allows those kids that are four or five-star recruits that are just young and not playing because of older kids the opportunity to find somewhere that they can play at. You know what I mean? So, yes, there are going to be teams that, you know, stack their roster a bit. But, again, this is going to allow kids the opportunity to just do what they want to do and play football, yeah. you know? And I think that all teams should take the opportunity to, to, to explore their options when it comes to kids that are transferring in and you need to recruit and you got to get ahead of the game. If you want to keep up with the top teams, you got to do everything the top teams do. And that means recruiting as well. Well, and, you know, you see it, you see it all the time. Look at Quinn Ewers, um, you know, was at Ohio state, um, CJ, they recruited CJ Stroud. Yep. And 
didn't break through. So he transferred to Texas, and he's you know he got injured this year, but he's thriving in Texas. He's getting an opportunity to lead that team. We'll see what next year happens when Arch Manning's there. But um, I think you saw it in Georgia last year with yeah. the, I forget the college kid that they brought in over over a highly touted five star quarterback, but he got the job done. Like you see it happen all the time, man. And I think just the opportunity for that to be available to them is super important. And like I said, man, like we we. We have the, the, uh, the ability to choose as an adult in college, hey, I don't want to go to this school no more. I'm going to transfer to a different school um, so I can live out my career. These guys should at least have that same option at least one time to without without penalty. Yeah, and we got to keep it, keep it real too, right? There are athletes that go to schools that are in certain demographic of fans and communities, and they may just find themselves in a community where they don't fit in. Yeah. You know, where they're attacked because of their race, their who they are, um, the fact that they're an athlete. There's some towns that, you know, athletes walk around in and they get attacked just because they're an athlete. And they, the people in the town think the athletes hold themselves or think they're better than others. So, you know, I think there's tons of different situations why the portal is a healthy thing for the athletes and yeah. that's what we really got to think about when we think about the portal and not think about what it's going to allow the teams to do but we should think about the outlet that it is for the athletes in and, my opinion and that's real because when i got out to missouri valley bro it was a complete culture shock yep it was completely different than what i when i visited um just it was a different dynamic yeah. and so sometimes these are 18 year old kids Yep. They don't take that into consideration. These are 18-year-old kids. I know the family's involved in their decision-making. My family was involved in my decision-making. But they're going to be the biggest impact on their decision to decide to go to this school or that school. Yeah. And they're 18-year-old kids making that decision. So, Well, and regardless of, of again, I, I, I hate that I said, you know, they get they may get discriminated against because of race or anything like that. Let's just think about it like this. I'm a city boy. Yep. Right, I love the city. I can't do without the city. I get recruited to a school that's Missouri in the Valley. country. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you say it, it's a culture shock. Yeah. Then you start to miss home. While sometimes when you're a kid and you're playing with those kind of burdens on you and stress, and it's overwhelming. It's going to affect your performance Definitely. on the field. You know, so we want these athletes to be happy in their environment, so that way they can strive to their full potential on the field and give us all what we watch for. So the uh, NCAA voted down the idea of players entering the transfer portal an unlimited number of times without penalty. Yeah, um, that rule would have made basically a free agency in college football. So they did shoot that down. So obviously they're still trying to hold on to that mm-hmm. kind of integrity of what college football is supposed to be about. Um, which big move on the NCAA because as we see with the college football playoff and it only being four teams still, and I know they're going to expand it, but still just four teams. Like that's not that's not a uh, organization that changes often and that yeah. embraces change. So shout out to them for doing that, because I think it's super important that these kids have an opportunity um, to kind of test the waters. Like I said, there's always numerous different um, reasons of why a kid has to transfer, wants to transfer. For sure. So I don't think um, I mean, coaches can bounce back and forth all they want, free nilly willy. You know, you see uh, Lincoln Riley going from Oklahoma to USC last year mm-hmm. or this year, uh, no problem, no penalty. Uh, school play, you know, they pay the buyout or whatever, buy out his contract, and boom, he's gone. So at least these kids now have an opportunity that hey, I was going to go play for Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, he left, I'm out too. Yep, exactly, man. Shout out to them and shout out to Christian Whitney at Black Sevens. If you need any graphic design work done, make sure you hit up Christian at BlackSevens.com. Christian is a native of North Denver and is a beast at what he does. He is also a great dude. Visit BlackSevens.com right now to see his work, buy some merch, and see all that he has going on. He knocked the DNA logo out the park. We're super excited to feature his work. Visit BlackSevens.com for more. Christian's a great dude, man, a great friend. He means a lot to me. Me. He means a lot to DNA. Mm-hmm. He means a lot to my family. Go out and support him. If you want to support local businesses and good people, this is somebody that you should go support. Shout out to Christian, man. Plus, if you want good work, like you want this, you want web design, you or or a logo, or you want to make your brand pop. 
you know what I'm saying? Hit up Christian because he definitely is a very talented dude. He's a good dude to work with. Um, and he's going to make sure that you get taken care of and what you're looking for. And, uh, man, I'm telling you, he he knocked it out of the park for us. Yeah, we need more people like Christian in this world, man. Hey, uh, now we got to get to some some. Don't do it. Some discomforting news a little bit. Don't do it. I'm looking Kinda at the rundown. Don't pit, do it. Pisses off me. Pisses <laughs> off the world. Pissing me off. Um, I just don't understand it, Coach. Everybody, a few podcasts ago, we were super excited <sighs> that we got to see Canelo and Triple G fight again. Yeah. And then that was underwhelming. But we still held on to this glimpse of excitement because we were told in November we were going to see the fight we've all been waiting for, Terrence Crawford versus Spence. And now (laughs) ESPN has reported that Terrence Crawford has signed to fight David, or forgive me if I pronounce your name wrong, Avancian on December 10th. That's right. He's fighting David Avancian on December 10th at the CHI Health Center in the Champions Native of Omaha, Nebraska. Man. It's just a shame, man. We've all been waiting for this fight, just like we waited for Mayweather and Pacquiao. And I'm starting to feel like it's going to be another one of those. Crawford has this position of power. He keeps making all these stipulations. And now it's really starting to show, why don't you want to fight Spence? I start, I, I, in my predictions, I said I was going for him. But now, if that fight happens, I got something to worry about. Because to me, it looks like he's avoiding it for some reason. I like to say this is a promoter thing, but he's got his own promotion. Yep. And that was what our joy was last time when we talked about this was the fact that he had his own promotion. Now he wasn't dependent on, was it top rank, um, to make the fight happen. You know what I mean? Um, I love Bud Crawford. This does raise some red flags, as you suggested, because why don't you want to fight Earl Spence? Yeah. And I get the money thing of it, man. But in the, the last time we talked about this, he was okay taking less money and getting it on the back end. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, so so Spence Spence has came out and said, you know, obviously you can see who's avoiding the fight. Yeah, right. But Crawford also came out and said that Spence and or the report says Spence and Crawford are still motivated to strike a deal. Sources said, with both fighters in their primes and peaking, the welterweight summit meeting stands as one of the biggest commercial fights in the sport. Crawford later said. I'm excited about this opportunity. I was really looking forward to fight Earl Spence. I started communicating with Al Heyman and PBC back in June, and unfortunately, they represent a fighter in Earl Spence who didn't want the fight as bad as I did. Mm. So Crawford's pointing the finger at Spence. Spence is pointing the finger at Crawford, and all the fans are pointing the finger at the boxing community. It's a shame. Give us what we want. Give us what we need. No one else wants to see him go in and beat David Avonison. No. I'm sorry. He's going to go in. He's going to win the fight. And then uh, and we're going to move on. What if he loses? Then was, do we want to see the fight again? No. You don't, If he loses, you don't want to see the fight between him and Spence. It's over with. Yeah. He, he, and he definitely doesn't have a leg to stand on at that point. You know? Um, going through this list, ESPN has... Um, ESPN has a story, boxing fights we've always wanted to see but never happened. Add Spence Crawford to the list, right? And going through the list, man, they've got Mike Tyson versus George Foreman, uh, the fight that was supposed to happen that never did, Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder, you know, Eric Morales, Juan Manuel Marquez, Canelo Alvarez, Andre Ward, Sergey Kovalev, uh, Adonis Stevenson. The list goes on, man. Riddick Bolanx, Lewis, mm. like, Unfortunately, this is the problem that boxing has that the UFC doesn't have right now. Yep. Is the UFC will pit their best fighters against each other regardless. I mean, if you look at this weekend's bout with um Oliveira and, and, and Islam going against each other, yep. dude, that's a big fight. Well and well then you wonder like why the UFC has grown to the yep. magnitudes which it's grown yep. in and why boxing is on a downworld Downward spiral. Too like, many politics in boxing, it's, man. It's crazy, man. Like, I just, 
I just don't get it. And I know they're 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 pointing fingers a lot. It's just it's disappointing to see that adults let business get in the way of business. And here's the thing: at the end of the day, it's going to make them two of the most popular, richest fighters in the world. And here's the thing that's so frustrating, Dom, is because this isn't going to be a one fight deal. Nope. This would not be a one fight deal because, you know, regardless of what happens, people are going to want to see the rematch. Yep. And then, Lord forbid, both of them lose a fight. They're going to want to see the trilogy. We love trilogies in boxing. We love trilogies in fighting, bro. You think about all the famous trilogies out there in fighting. We love that shit. Yep. But, but and they tend to do better, right? You're gonna make good money, Crawford and Spence, off the first fight, dude. These three but you're fights. gonna make even more off the second one, and then guess what happens on the trilogy? You triple it, dude. These three fights will make these boys both super rich, where they wouldn't have to work again. Like, yeah. They don't already don't have to, but you know what I'm saying? Like if they never got another fight, this is their payday. There's no bigger check out there. For Earl Spence or for Terrence Crawford. Yeah. I, I refuse to believe there is. And and don't get me wrong. David Avancian is a very tough fighter, right? He's not he's, Spence. He, no, let me finish. He's knocked out his last six opponents. He's a dangerous guy. Yeah. But I think Earl Spence Jr. and Terrence Crawford have obviously shown that they're a level above the rest. Absolutely. That no one else is really as good of fighters as they are. And we all know what's going to happen. We all know it. Yeah. I mean, we'll all be surprised, Bro. right? But David Avancia is the tenth ranked. I might actually go bet on him. He's the tenth ranked welterweight according to ESPN. Bud and Spence one and two. You I might actually saying? go bet on him. I would. Why Cause, not? Because with as much as this beating around the bush to get to what we want is going on, I wouldn't be surprised if he beats Terrence Crawford. And there's a real reason why the boxing community does want this fight to go down. Is this because I wonder if, if Crawford wanted this fight because it's going to be in his hometown of Omaha? Like well, he fights in Omaha a lot, but it, 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 it this doesn't make sense to me, dude. Yeah, one of the things that he keeps saying is that they're dragging their ass for months. Spence was nowhere to be found while I was trying to make the deal. I explained to Al Heyman and Earl that I was going to fight before the year the year ended. And they didn't want to get it done before the year ended. But the last time we spoke and we read it, reports said that they were fighting somewhere around November 19th or something. So, like, I don't understand how that's not the end of the year. Like, did you need another month? Did you want to fight in December? Like, what really is going on? Like, quit feeding the public with the BS from both sides, right? Both sides. Let's keep it real and say why it really didn't happen so that way we don't lose interest in it ever happening. For me personally, I don't believe Crawford and I don't believe Spence. Yeah, Because boxing has taught me that both sides can be full of shit at times. And both sides will politic and position themselves to look like they're trying to get the job done when in reality they're really not. And this is why fucking Jake Paul and Logan Paul and them throw a boxing match and it draws more than actual boxing because these guys can't get their shit together. Well, and they're they're about they're not about the BS. No, they we're gonna fight. We know we're making a spectacle out of it, but we're gonna fight and we're gonna announce the date and that shit's going down. Whereas with this, all these different promotions all wanting to cut. And instead of being under one umbrella, they bullshit and then they miss the opportunity to make Hundreds of millions of dollars off of a trilogy. Like, these guys would be set for life, bro. Mayweather Mayweather territory in terms of money that that fight would bring in. Bro, it's just crazy. I just, I I honestly can't even begin to think of why, if you're a a top-end athlete at the pinnacle of your sport, why you wouldn't want to compete. Against another top end athlete Like that's how you got there By competing Beat the best That's what we live for As athletes You live for the competition You don't live to just Overpower everybody And dominate everybody All the damn time You want a challenge It's fun dominating people Sure That's why Coach Dom Plays Madden on easy But You want a challenge (laughs) Y'all You don't want to just Run through the competition For real though And then You know You end up in in lackluster fights. Yeah. I mean, how great is it to not be challenged? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, people accuse Mayweather all the time of 
handpicking his fights, right? And he had some really big fights early in his career. Towards the tail end, he picked up a couple of fights that get maybe some guys past their prime or just entering their prime and not quite there yet. But you know, dude, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why you, why you dodge fights, man. Dodge opportunities to not only prove yourself to be the best, but also make yourself a whole shit ton of money. So we know, we know that. There's obviously a fight for Crawford going down in December. Right. With that happening, is there anybody that you would be interested in seeing Spence fight now? Aside from Crawford? I mean, I'm looking here. You know, you got Keith Thurman. He's number six. Um, didn't didn't I thought Spence and Thurman fought already? Before. They did. And, That's and, right. And Spence beat the shit out. <laughs> it, it could be the, the <laughs> second fight. You know what I mean? Like who knows? I don't know if everybody's into seeing it. I've, you also got you also got guys like Jerron and Ennis. Um, he's undefeated right now, twenty nine and 0, 27 KOs. Like who knows? You know, like I don't know. The I thing mean, that sucks, like for Spence, like looking at it from Spence's point of view, is there's not a bigger fight for him. Exactly. You know, um, he's the draw. He definitely is the draw. Like, even um, with Crawford, like they they shared the draw, you know. But now he's the draw to any f- other fight he would take. Yeah, yeah. You've got um, what's his name Haney out there, but I think that would require some some move in in weight class. Um, I know he was out there talking after his last fight that you know he's ready to fight whoever, whenever. Um, you know, there's there's fights out there to be had. I just there's none out there that would draw or be as exciting as, you know, a fight with Spence and Crawford. You know, Haney would have to move up and wait. Um, he's at that 135 pound, you know, number one ranked 135 pounder. Just dismantled uh, Cambosis. You know, I don't know, man. Uh, Javonta Davis could could move up. Yeah. You know, there's there's other guys out there. But again, man, I mean, you, it's not the fight. You can have uh, Teo Lopez go up. You know, Ryan, you know Ryan Garcia's there. There's just not. It's just not. That it's just fight. not the same fight. Ugas maybe, but he he lost to Spence. You know, TKL in the tenth round on, on in, in April. So, man, hopefully something changes. Maybe we'll get this fight at the beginning of next year. Maybe yeah. you know, like a single day mile kind of thing. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't. I'm not holding my breath for it because I know. I just my 30, 39 years of living and loving boxing. I see how boxing works, and sometimes they be bullshitting. You know what? Maybe they fight in for Black History Month. Maybe they should play a chess match. It's coach. history. Oh yeah, maybe they should. Speaking of a fight, <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> speaking of a fight and and a chess match, you know me being the chess connoisseur that I am. You know, um, chess grandmaster Hans Neiman is suing the the number one ranked player, Magnus Carlsen, for defamation over cheating allegations. They've played a while ago, um, and he's asking for $100 million in damages. Um, it's crazy, man, because regardless of what you're doing, right, when somebody either says your name or doesn't say your name anymore, it can still hurt your brand. And he was being blackballed from certain tournaments. He wasn't being allowed to play. He wasn't be able to get his Bobby Fisher on out. <laughs> you know, a lot of people that don't play the game don't understand, like, the release mentally that chess provides for you. You know what I mean? This like, is true. I really enjoy, like, the, the, the calm sense of... Concentration that I get I don't know It's weird But I just love The game of chess So You know If I know If I was a, a Grandmaster And I couldn't Compete at the highest level With other Grand Against other Chess champions And grandmasters Then I wouldn't want to You know I would want to sue too Yeah I, You know It It makes sense I guess um, I just can't believe 100 million dollars I mean Johnny Depp Just won a lawsuit And his name wasn't said this is true. You know what I mean? And it hurt his brand, right? He's no longer the star of Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, but that, this, it, it's that, different. The allegations were like, yo, you beat the shit out of me versus the, you cheating. Yeah, but, but still in chess, the, a cheater, and in any sports, right? In any comp- yeah, competitive but chess sport. Is like, if you're known as a cheater, bro, you don't. In chess, there's no physical advantage to be taken, but there's a, definitely a mental, mental challenge to be taken. So I, I get it. Um, 
I, I, it's incredible reading through this, uh, this lawsuit, man. It's just, uh, some of the things that are being accused are pretty wild. Uh, you know, anytime someone speaks ill on your name and, and this kid, like you said, was being blackballed from, from several different, uh, opportunities to, you know, kind of build his brand, make, make, make money off of it and, and do his thing. I mean, the sports illustrated of the chess world banned him, bro. He was no, he was no longer on chess.com's website at all. And that's like, and it was ESPN, really no sports no illustrated. Proof, right? like, yeah. There was no, it was just a lead. Cause the other guy got beat and he came out, he talking came shit. out and said he cheated to beat me. Like, and then the second time that they were going to play again, he made one move and forfeited the game and said, I'm not playing a cheater. So, like, he took it a little far. Accordingly, like, Neiman asserts the following claims against defendants. Slander, libel, unlawful group boycott under the Sherman Act, torturous interference with contract and business expectancies, and civil conspiracy. Neiman, uh, Neiman seeks damages in the amount to be determined at trial, but no less than one hundred million dollars. One hundred million dollars. Wow! In my Doctor Evil voice. Wow, uh, that's it's pretty wild, dude. I, I'm interested to see what happens. You think they settle? You think something? There's like there'll be a settlement before it goes to court. Nah. When, when shit goes to court, like things nah. come out, bro. This ain't Deshaun Watson. We ain't out here settling <laughs> cases, bro. This is the chess grandmaster. He wants his 100 mil. He said this ain't Deshaun Watson. You know what, though? I tell you what, it's not settling, but what I would really like to get my hands on, coach, is one of those reverse retro uniforms that the Avs dropped, baby. Those things bro, are fresh. Those things are pretty tight, man. Um, I don't know if you guys have saw them. I'll have to go, I'll have to go post it on the, uh, on the IG, but the Avalanche came out with these sick reverse retro um, uniforms. Um, I think they're going to be wearing them this year at some point. Um, I love, I love hockey jerseys, right? But hockey jerseys are made for hockey. Yeah. And so like in a normal, on a normal day, me walking around wearing a hockey jersey as big as I am, I'll be sweaty as shit. They're sweaters, coach. I know. I'll be <laughs> hot, bro. Like, I love them. It's fresh, but. It says the uh, original Avalanche reverse retro was, was based off of the uh, Quebec Nordiques and the touch of the Avalanche and coloring, mm-hmm. uh, right? They, those ones sold out minutes, and those ones were dope. Um, these ones um, kind of play off the old Colorado Rockies, which I don't. I'm sure you're familiar with being from here, but the Avalanche used or the Colorado used to have a hockey team way back in the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. called the Colorado Rockies. They moved to New Jersey, became the New Jersey Devils. Um, so these will have more of that that blue and, and, and yellow and a little bit of red in them. Um, them old Rockies uh, colors. I think they're dope. Big old bright Colorado C on the front. Um, I might have to cop me one. It's like you say, though, man, they really are sweaters. So when, you know, you put one of those things on in, in, in it's hot, man, you're going to burn up for sure. Uh, these things are super dope, though, man. I think I have to grab one. Avalanche just kicked off their season. You know, they lost, la- uh, lost last night to the Kraken. Kind of been, mm, I don't know if they really jumped into it. I mean, they're missing Landis Scott for 12 weeks now because uh, he's going to have surgery. It's kind of cool though. They've been going around, so like they played Calgary in Calgary, and uh, Nazim Kadri's on Calgary now. Um, but they took him his ring after the game, his championship ring, and they had a little thing in the locker room. Presented him, uh, I think it was uh, was it McKinnon? It's either McKinnon or Atlanta Scott that presented him his ring in the locker room, That's dope. which was super dope. That's dope. And then last night, Burkowski, he plays for Seattle Kraken now, and they gave Burkowski his ring after the after the game. So it's kind of cool that they're hooking up. Um, that first game of the season, um, Jack Johnson. Oh, who do we play? For? I forget who we played, but he's on the opposite team. Mm-hmm. And they brought him over while they were hanging the banner. Told him to enjoy hanging the banner. Yeah, that's dope. So it's cool that they're they're keeping their boys kind of in the in the loop. Well, it's because camaraderie, man. The 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 camaraderie you build in team sports is unlike any other bond you can build, in my opinion. You know, it's just it's just especially remarkable. going through that, that playoff run. Yep, that playoff Winning run brings together. people together so much because it's a grind, dude. And, and arguably, the NHL is probably the toughest playoff. There is, and you know, some people would argue NFL, but it's grueling. Yeah, it's super grueling. So you, you build that camaraderie with your boys. Um, the Nuggets are rocking out. They just beat Golden State. They're one and one on the season. Jokic yep. just had a triple double, tied, uh, tied or one away from tying Wilt Chamberlain. That's big for the most for a center. Which, That's big, bro. 
he's early in his career too. I yeah. mean, what is he seven years in now? It's like, yeah. like early with air quotes, but man, that's that's pretty cool. Um, I'd really like to see him compete for a third MVP because if he is, that means he's doing things that maybe we weren't expecting him to do. Yeah. That means that MPJ and Jamal might be back on it. We had a little bit of a Nuggets preview last uh, our last uh, episode. If you want to go check that out from last week, you can go peep that out, see what we talked about the Nuggets. We kind of broke them down a little bit. Um, and then, man, something else I saw that fucking wild. Wild. Wild, literally. Yeah. Uh, it was in Northwest Wyoming. Uh, these two guys, there was there's a group of four uh, high, or, uh, college wrestlers, and they, they decided to go shed hunting. And I don't know if you know what shed hunting is. It's when you go and so like deer, they'll mm-hmm. shed their antlers at the end of the season. And uh, you can go kind of go find their antlers laying around. Some places, like in Colorado, there's only certain amounts of a of, of window that you can go shed hunting in. Mm-hmm. So these boys are just shed hunting, you know, enjoying their day, hiking and whatnot, and uh, get separated from, from each other. So there's two, two groups of two. And uh, all of a sudden, this grizzly bear attacked one of the guys. And, uh, you know, the dude, uh, one of the guys sees this bear attacking one man and his friend jumped on him, on the bear, Ooh. to try to save his buddy. That was a good friend. And he ended up suffering the worst of it. Um, the, as the story goes, uh, the bear attacked one man in the Wyoming wilderness. His friend jumped on him to save, save him and suffer the worst of it. But as he recounted on Wednesday, it was the right thing to do. In a desperate move that almost cost him his own life, he grabbed a fistful of the bear's fur and pulled with all his might. He said, I had, to get it, uh, I had to get it off. I had to do something. I couldn't watch my friend get torn up right in front of me. Uh, that was Kendall Cummings. Uh, he told Mountain News in Powell where he was recovering from his injuries. Um, the teammate, their teammates of uh, Northwest College in, in, in northern Wyoming, um, they decided to go up to the uh, Bobcat Holohan Trail. And, uh, yeah, man, he said they probably got about five or six miles back, and it's getting late. We found a couple of sheds. All of, all of us had a couple, and we were there. We decided time to turn around and go back. Uh, that's when the group separated. And, uh, man, I – That's camaraderie. No, if you're willing to jump on a bear for your boy – Dom, I would like to think you'd do the same thing, bro, if we're out there. Nah, bro, I'd get help. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. So, hey, so, first of all, me trying to jump on a bear's back, bro, I'd probably only reach his ass. I'd never get fully on his back. Like, let's keep it real. <laughs> like, it's not happening. So, Coach uh, Dom on a bear's ass? Hmm. Pause. <laughs> anyway, you know. Great friends. That's a crazy story. I'm glad to hear that they're both safe. They didn't have to, you know, murder a bear to 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 become safe. You know, so dude, God, it's, reading it's crazy, this, man. Reading this story, he said, uh, this kid Lowry said, it's gnawing on me. I threw up my arm to protect the first initial bite, and it broke my arm. Its bite broke my arm, Jesus. and it was just throwing me around down there doing whatever. And then uh, the kid that jumped on him said, nothing was working. The bear was just focused on Brady, and it was getting Brady. So I eventually got up there right up next to him and grabbed the bear and pulled him off Brady. And the bear kind of looked at me and took me onto the, out onto the ground and started attacking me. Um, that's when Lowry got up, ran to call 911 and find his friends. Um, dude, I, I guess just a fight-or-flight instinct that's, that's built in all of us. Um, kind of takes in sometimes and you don't sometimes you just act man and you don't know what to do I, that's very courageous of, of of him jumping on that bear and trying to save his friend and, and ultimately saving his friend yeah even though he took Shouts out to him he took the majority of the pain and in in, in in the literally bit the bullet for him you know um that's an incredible story for you know of of love between teammates man to be honest with you for sure. Yeah, no, I don't know if I would uh, be able to save you there, buddy. Um, <laughs> it's okay, bro. I saved I myself. I'll fight I, a bear. I think I would more or less probably jump in um, and help you if you were getting attacked by the Yeti, the Avalanche <laughs> old mascot, <laughs> kind of like that Blackhawks fan back yeah. in the day. And that's why we have Bernie the St. Bernard now. Yeah. But, you know, um, I'd probably help you against the mascot, but not against the bear. So they're saying the way the the guy that jumped in, the way he survived was he went limp for three minutes, he said, uh, to get the bear, and the bear finally left him alone. And he started walking back down the mountain when the other three 
So bears are like, never mind. Well, <laughs> grizzly bears, they don't. They're not scavenger. So that's why they always say if you're getting countered by a grizzly bear, you're supposed to play dead. Whereas like a black bear, they'll eat your ass if you're dead. They love yeah. finding dead carcasses. They're scavengers. Black bears are more timid. You're supposed to kind of be loud, um, bigger. The yeah. last last thing you can do is maybe punch them in the nose. Grizzly bears don't give a fuck about that. They're twice the size of black bear, and they want to kill you. They want to hunt you. And so when he went limp, the bear thought he was dead. I'm done with this. Yeah. You know? And the unfortunate thing is people come across like bears, moose, elk. During this time of year, they're getting ready to maybe lay up. Mm-hmm. They might have some some babies that they're trying to fatten up. And you come across any animal when they're baby. And you've instantly become a threat to them. Yep. You know, so it's just, we see it all the time out here in Colorado with with people getting mauled by elk or, you know, mountain lions. Or I was watching a video on on Instagram the other day. This dude was out in, uh, shit, I think it was like Arizona or California. I can't remember which one. And just gold, gold um, field, you know, and you see this mountain lion creeping on him. And he's got his gun out. He's like, stay back, stay back, you know, and the mountain lion kind of creeps up and like is like really watching. But you couldn't see the mountain lion. He just appeared out of the gold. You know what I mean? Yeah. Blending so well. Dude fired a shot and missed and didn't phase the mountain lion. The mountain lion was still like creeping. And then he fired another shot and the mountain lion just lost interest. Like the gun didn't scare him. Nothing to do was doing scared him. The mountain lion was just like, yeah, fuck this guy. And just turned around and disappeared. Wow. Dude, I would have crapped my draws, man. He probably did. And then one other one I saw, sorry, since we're on the subject of nature being nature. Yeah. Uh, there was this dude out in Japan that was like climbing this mountain and this black bear come off the top of the mountain onto him. And he's like, oh shit. And bear flew over the thing and is trying to get back up the mountain. And literally every time he gets back up, the man's like punching and kicking him to like go away. And finally that bear goes, but this dude's stuck on top of the mountain. I don't know if I, I'd probably sleep up there that night. I don't know if I'm getting down off that yeah. mountain, dude. You're going to have to get a helicopter to come save me it's because. It's going to be another 100, hell no. 127 hours part two. <laughs> For real, though, bro. I don't know, man. Nature gets nature sometimes, and we just got to remember that, you know, uh, we're as dominant as we are as a species, man. We ain't shit when it comes to mm-hmm. mountain lions, bears, and nature. Lions, tigers, bears, oh my. <laughs> Hey, so Dom, as we get ready to wrap up, we get into our mailbag question. Oh. Um, this one might hurt a little bit. It, I was just starting to like get past this. We talked about this personally a couple of times, yeah. and I just wanted to get our thoughts out on the uh, out in public because I think we go through this a lot as coaches. I know other coaches go through it, and and, and you know when it works, it works. When it doesn't work, you kind of get second guessed, and people wonder what how you're thinking. But a couple weeks ago, the Raiders played the Chiefs in Kansas City. Uh, the Raiders were down 30-23. to 23. They scored a touchdown late in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember how much time. There was only a couple minutes left on the clock, right? There was about four minutes left okay. on the clock. Um, they decided to go for the two-point conversion, opposed to tying it up with the extra point. Mm-hmm. In situations like that, what is your philosophy or thoughts? Are you going for the two and the win? Or are you going to go try to tie it up, send it to overtime, try to win like that? So, obviously, I think it's situational depending on the game. In this particular instance, the Raiders went into Arrowhead saying, we're going to play aggressive. You know, we went for it on fourth down several times. You know, we knew that in order to beat a powerhouse team like Kansas City, you have to take your shots, you have to play aggressive, and you have to make them feel uncomfortable. Right. So in that exact situation, going by two would have put pressure on them and made them feel uncomfortable to the fact that it could have been successful for us. So I would have definitely did the same thing and went for two, went for the win, Um, not only for the fact that I wanted to put pressure on them, but if you don't. You kick the field goal and Pat Mahomes still goes down the field with four minutes and scores and takes all the time away. What does that tell your team and the confidence you have in them? Yeah. Right, going into the bye week, I think Josh McDaniels basically showed his team, yes, we're one and four. But I believe that we're the best damn one and four team in the NFL, probably in the history of the NFL. And I believe this one and four isn't gonna stop us from getting to where we need to be as long as we continue to play as a team and play for each other. 
and he has confidence in their ability, and I think it shows, and I, I'm excited to see what it brings forth this week, um, you know, and going forward for the Raiders being a Raider fan. Um, but, you know, in that situation, I think you go for two. Um, you you rely on your defense, and, and, and you just see how the game plays out. You're on the road. If you win it, you win it. If you lose it, you lose it. I think early on uh, – I think it shows confidence in your defense in two in two different ways, right? Early on, their defense was making plays, making stops, and doing their thing. Um, I think it gives your defense confidence to say, hey, we're going to go for the freaking win. Mm-hmm. We, I know we got time on the clock, and I know that's Patrick Mahomes. We're going to go for the win. You guys stop it for us, right? You guys yeah. shut it down for us. I think that's big to have confidence in your defense like that. I think the other thing it shows confidence in in your defense in is if we don't get this yeah. i know you guys are going to stop and we're going to get the ball back and we'll win that way i don't think you you think like that uh, as far as not getting it but i can see that going through your mind now you did say it's situational and yeah. i agree with you on the situational aspect of it i think if you're on the road like you, the raiders were in this situation in that environment with that quarterback on the other side you have to go for the victory Regardless, yeah. you have to go for the victory. Now, if there's, say there's 10 more minutes left in the game, tie it up, right? But as you're coming to the end of the game, knowing that that team can take the air out the ball for four minutes and leave you with no time left and kick the winning field goal, you know, you have to go for the victory there. Yeah. Put a little pressure on them. Um, I agree with, with, with going for it. I don't think there's anything wrong there. I think, like you say, it's always dependent on, you know, who are you playing, what's that crowd like, and what's your defense doing? Yeah, exactly. I mean, let's think about it like this, like same scenario, right? We play the Chiefs at Allegiant soon, right? Not soon, but later on down the road, we're going to play them. If we're in the same exact scenario to where we're down by a point, we just scored, I'm going to say kick the field goal because I have a lot more confidence, even if they go down and score a touchdown, I have a lot more confidence at that point in our offense scoring at home in an environment where we could control the crowd a little bit yeah, and get our plays off, get our communication right, than trying to go back on the road and Arrowhead, one of the most hostile environments to play in in the NFL, one of the most loudest places to play in the NFL, and try to come back at that point and score a last-minute touchdown as well. Yeah. That's hard to do. Like, you could barely – I mean, sometimes as a fan watching the game, you can barely hear what's going on. So yeah. just imagine those players on the field trying to get the communication across when you're down by a field goal or tied or down by a touchdown against Pat Mahomes, the pressure is on. Yeah. So it, I, I like the idea to just go for two in that situation. I, I see it a lot now more than we used to, and I think it's smart. If you're on the road and you got a chance to win the game by going for a two-point conversion, you have to do it, man. There's no, there's no question about it. Being home is completely different than being on the road. Um, when their offense comes back out, your crowd's going to be going wild when you're at home. When it's on the road, like you said, the crowd's a little more, you know, quieter for the offense. Um, it's easier for that offense to do something. Whereas, yo, go for the juggler. It's a different kind of pressure mm-hmm. when you're when you're trailing versus when you're tied. When you're tied, you know, hey, I, I won't lose this game if we don't make this drive. When you're down by one, you know you have to make something happen, and that's a different kind of pressure. So I would go for it. On that situation every time. Yeah, and everything was not going right that day either, right? There was calls both ways that weren't the greatest calls. You had the field goal penalty on us where they called holding on the defense on a not a field goal um, where they alleged that we pulled down one of the linemen. I think it was a BS call. Um, Then we have the cameraman who jumps in front of Devontae Adams. It just wasn't going our way. It was just one of those days. So going for two isn't the worst thing that happened that night. Oh my God! Here we go with the Raider apologies. Uh, oh, the cameraman just jumped right in front of him. It you know, wasn't going our way. You know what, though, yes. we have to give a special shout out to somebody because it seems like everything is going right for him. You know, and he's doing the right things, putting himself in the right place, and it's going his way. Shout out to your boy, Coach. Give him a shout Yo, out. Yo, hey, for real though. Um, as we close this thing out. And get out of here I do want to give a special shout out to my boy Manic From Godava Records From the north side here in Denver um, Been knowing this kid since high school man We used to ditch class and do stupid shit back in the day um, Rocked plenty of mics with him Godava, Godava Sundays at Herb's Every last Sunday of the month um, 
great dude, uh, great artist, really put in a lot of work and has been putting a lot of work cutting. He's got cut a couple albums recently with Clever Schemes. Like, just a really good dude, man. And I'm proud to see that he's out there in London rocking the mics this weekend. So big, big shout out, Manic, kid from the north side up out in the across the other side of the pond, uh, rocking mics, man. I'm super proud to see that, bro. I'm super proud of you. We're cheering you on over here in Denver and um, always super excited to see our people doing wild things. So big shout out to my boy Manic, man. Uh, Super proud. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope, man. For all you kids out there that, you know, have different dreams and different goals, this just shows hard work pays off. Shout out to you, you know, making your dreams come true and, you know, and, um, and performing all over the world. He he, literally, like, you know what I mean? These are, like, art, there's a lot of rappers here in Colorado, mm-hmm. a lot of really good ones. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people think that the box is where it's at. You have to be popping here in the box. But it, Manic and then others will show you, uh, Black P will show you, hey, you. there's money outside of the state. Mm-hmm. There's money outside of this country. That's part of the reason why I try to put this podcast out everywhere we can because there's money outside of here and it doesn't have to happen here for you to have some success. So mm-hmm. that's just, that's Bring just a lesson for the back. weekend. Yeah. Yeah. For real, for real. So shout out, um, as we get ready to close this thing out, shout out Arsenal custom apparel, rebel promotions, black sevens, Genesis catering, uh, lash, all beauty, um, coach, I know you have another special shout out too. Yeah, man, I want to give a shout out to the second grade Wheat, Wheat Ridge Vikings, man. I'm so proud of you kids. You know, you guys are playing your butts off. Today is our last regular season game. I'm going to work hard to find as a tournament to play in, but you guys have came a long way. You've put in a lot of work this season. You know, a lot of ups and downs on the sideline, a lot of ups and downs on the field, and you guys have just stormed the weather and and surprised everybody at the beginning of the year i shoot, showed this elaborate playbook and all the parents were like these kids are never going to get it yep. and i throw a new play at them every week and they just grab the bull by the horns and they seem to impress me every single week i'm super proud of you guys i Let's think last night at walkthrough you were throwing in a couple of different <clears throat> different things we ain't done yet man and they were just So super proud of them boys, man. Hey, let's go get that dub today. Make sure you visit DNASportsDenver.com. Go cop some merch. Sign up for a training session. Sign your team up for a training session. Hit us up, man. Let's make something happen. We're out here to try to see these athletes getting better and these athletes getting opportunities to shine. So however we can make that happen, let's make that happen. DNASportsDenver.com. Make sure you hit up Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, All that good stuff, man. We out of here. Yeah, visit us up.